The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Sound confusing? It's a verse from the first Christian Bible of 144 AD, and after visits with friends and family this holiday season, you'll know exactly what it means. As pure-blood Christians that remain true to the faith and reject Satan's shot and the beast system that's joined at the hip with it, we just collectively shake our heads as friends and family keep rolling up their sleeves. There's no logical explanation for why people would risk debilitating injury and death uh, over maybe not getting the sniffles as bad when they get the flu eventually. Really, it's just a deadly symptom suppressor. I mean, who does that? Who opens a bottle of 30 aspirin when they get a headache and knowing that one of the 30 is a cyanide pill takes it anyway? Says, yeah, wow, the pain from a headache just isn't worth it. Anything is better than a headache, so the benefits outweigh the risk. I'll just grab an aspirin and hopefully it won't be the cyanide pill. Now, at first glance, there's a tendency to write it off as simple stupidity. After all, even real scientists say that 0.5% of the world's population of 8 billion is extremely prone to suggestion. They lean heavily to being hypochondriacs. They're almost childlike in their willingness to obey. And that half a percent of the total world population is equivalent to 40 million people. We're talking about a really big box of gullible people. Now, we have a link to a live tracker of these vinos, these vaccines in name only, and as of today, it shows 7.69 billion doses of the experimental bioweapon have been injected into people, often more than once, some over three times. In fact, some frequent travelers have had more than that, after finding out that the country that they wanted to visit didn't accept the brand of vinyl that they took, so they had to be injected all over again. So at the end of it, we have 40 million people that we can just automatically put in the drool cup column. But we're talking billions here. How do we account for this? How do we account for billions of people willing to knowingly play Russian roulette and get the shot not just once, but many times? Pulling the trigger three or four times. Click, click, boom. Now, at least with Russian roulette, you get to spin the cylinder and start fresh between trigger pulls. Not so with the bioweapon injections. It all accumulates and gets worse with each plunge of the needle. Immune system decimated, heart attack just waiting for you to walk to the bathroom or up a flight of stairs. Maybe you get it in your sleep, if you're lucky. Of course, those are just the physical ramifications. On the spiritual side, it's a death sentence, and there's no reset button. Think of it as a spiritual circumcision in a syringe. And with the magic of CRISPR-Cas9 technology, it's a spiritual circumcision 
mutated and altered genes passed down to your offspring. Even if you don't understand it or want to pretend research has never been done on VMAT2, there's one thing that everyone agrees on. All of the Vino brands, all of the gene mutators have been tested and developed, at minimum, using the fetal cell lines of murdered babies. Babies born alive and vivisectioned without anesthesia. The use of anesthesia, you see, would risk impurities being introduced to the cells and organs of the baby, and we can't have that. Even pigs and chickens at the slaughterhouse get a more merciful death than that. Two things happen when you knowingly submit to that injection, to Satan's shot. Number one, you sever your connection with God. And number two, the fun part, you invite Satan to control and own your soul. Now, before I get into this, I want to lay a couple things out about the time we're in and how it's addressed in the first Bible and why it's very different from what you read in the modern Bible. We're coming full circle to our opening of the confusion we have about why people would willingly commit physical and spiritual suicide. Now, most people grab their modern Bible and enthusiastically point to 2 Thessalonians 2.11 and shout, Look, it's right here. This is why they do it. Well, okay, let's have a look. Let's see what it says, quote-unquote. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, unquote. Now, that looks like a perfect fit, doesn't it? The key that unlocks our understanding of what's happening with the COVID scam and the satanic injections. Wow, I mean, it's right there. God is sending them a delusion, and that's why it's happening. Mm-hmm, wrong. Now, before I tell you what this scripture isn't, Let's talk about what it is. Now, unlike most episodes, I'm not gearing this to new people. So if some of this slides over the top, I'm sorry, but we really have to get to some meat here. Let's really hone in on that sentence. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, think about the flavor of that, the nuance, the projection. The projection of human traits implicit in that statement. What does that remind us of? What other writing style does that remind us of? That they should believe a lie. Alex, I'll take the Old Testament for 500. Yeah, that's exactly where scripture like that comes from. The same people that write about cutting hands off and killing women and babies on orders from God. They're now telling you that God wants to delude you and make you believe in lies. Same style, same attribution and projection of carnal human emotion, vengeance, and frailty. This is simply one in a long line of edits, additions, and omissions we find in the modern Bible. The creative writing and editing of the Judaizers, who finally won their great victory at the Council of Nicaea, Remember the episode we did on Galatians 4.4 and the intricate dissection laying bare their crafty handiwork and assembling? Same thing here. Now, you might be thinking, gee, Darren, even for you, that's quite a leap. I mean, you're really sticking your neck out on this. Am I? 
Simply destroying the premise of the verse is too easy. We have bigger fish to fry here, so I'll make it fast. As fast as I can pick up a copy of the very first Bible and open it to 2 Thessalonians 2.11. And open it to 2 the. Oh, that's right. It's not in the first Bible. Not only is it not in the first Bible, Paul directly and forcefully rejects any such thinking or verse when he says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. We find that in 1 Corinthians 14.23. So much for the Judaizers and their wanting you to believe God would lie to you. But there is someone who does lie and is the father of lies, their father, Satan. You see what they try to do? They try to convince you that our Christian God is no different from their deity, Satan. The same trick they used when they stapled their Torah onto the New Testament and said it was the same God. The same tricks they used in Galatians 4.4. And the only reason we know for a fact it was lies is because we had a copy of the first Bible, the pre-Nicene Bible, and we could see for ourselves exactly how they did it where they did it, and why they did it. And without it, you would be fumbling around in the dark mist, just like everyone else. Another analogy would be the gospel of the Lord as the machine, and Paul's original epistles as the operating manual. This is why you have to have the original epistles. Simply extracting them from the modern Bible does more harm than good. So now you see why they've spent millennia trying to suppress it, and why we're working so hard to get it out there. Somehow these episodes end up turning into sermons, but if that's how they come out, so be it. Now that we've taken out the theological trash of the Judaizers, let's now turn to the first Bible and see what guidance it gives us on this COVID confusion we're in right now. And we read, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And that's from 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2. And well now, oh my, who would do that? What deity of this world would want to blind the minds of people and prevent them from receiving from understanding the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the Lord. Well, that would be none other than Satan. Now, you know what they say. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. And one man's Satan is another man's Messiah. Throughout history, we've watched as the Jesus killers infested one country or another behind the mask of communism or Bolshevism. A hundred years ago, they murdered over 30 million Christian Russians. Catholic priests and bishops gutted like fish in the streets as they did the bidding of their Messiah, Satan. Fast forward to today and things are as different as they are the same. Same actors, different names. Instead of infesting and terrorizing a single country, they're assaulting the world. And they're doing it from behind the mask of a fake plague called COVID. Now, it should come as no surprise that all of the excuses they use to quote-unquote fight COVID 
are always used as a battering ram on Christians. Church burnings, lockdowns, no communion, no singing, anti-social distancing, mandating injections with the fetal cell lines of murdered babies, each invasive and onerous measure designed to create division and chaos, biometric passports, all designed to enslave and humiliate Christians. You really think this is just some big coincidence? And the masks. Ah, the masks. Now, from a medical and health perspective involving viruses, they're completely useless. Of course, we all know this has nothing to do with health, so why the mask fixation and fetish? Why are the Jesus killers so adamant about these masks? Well, for one, they strip away individual identity, and they certainly play a role in the overall goy humiliation ritual while causing a set of actual and real health problems in and of themselves. But let's peel away a layer of the onion. And as usual, we need look no farther than the first Bible for some insight. First, some fast background. One of the big heroes for the Jesus killers was Moses. This is their rock star, the right-hand man of their Messiah, their father. And one thing we know about Moses is that he loved to wear masks. Constantly. Now, there's some debate about if he had horns, as we see depicted in some paintings of him, but one thing there's no debate about, he wore masks. And he liked to write complicated laws. He liked to carve them into rocks. Laws about everything. In fact, by the time he got done, the Jesus killers had 613 laws, or commandments. A lot more than the 10 made famous in Hollywood movies. And by the way, all those laws were written by Jews, for Jews, and to be applied only to other Jews. They had nothing to do with anyone else. In fact, they had a separate set of laws for non-Jews. Now, that's something to remember when you read, Thou shalt not kill or Thou shalt not steal. Yeah, it comes with a caveat. Thou shalt not do it to other Jews, and they forget to write that part into those movies. Now, the other thing we know about Moses is that the Apostle Paul didn't like him very much, didn't like all of his chiseled carnal laws, and Paul didn't like his masks either. Let's see what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Now, in the cartoon version of reality in the modern Bible, they want you to believe that the mask is to hide how beautiful and radiant everything is because Moses just got done chit-chatting with God. But as Paul just explained, nothing could be farther from the truth. The ugly satanic truth of meeting with their deity was seared onto the face of Moses. The rest of his people could see his face and know what their future held for them. They would know the dead end, the dead sea that awaited all of them. It was so bad he had to wear a mask. Now, if we left things there, that would be pretty interesting in and of itself. But this is FBN, so there's more to the story as usual. You see, Moses wasn't just hiding his face, hiding the dismal shared fate from other Jews. He was hiding his face for another reason. <laughs> This deity that Moses was meeting with, the deity, if you recall, of this world that hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, 
the father of lies? Yeah, that's who wanted Moses to wear a mask. He hates the sight of humans. He hates the sight of God's creation. He hates to be reminded of who we are and where we come from. He can't stand to look at us. In fact, I'll let Paul explain it to you. A man ought not cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, from 1 Corinthians 11.7. See, that's why Moses wore that mask, and that's why the Jesus killers want you to wear a mask today. Now, as you let that sink in, you'll understand what's happening now is a spiritual war, and there are battles on many fronts. They want your mind blinded. They want you severed from God and your face masked lest it offend their deity, Satan. This is the simple truth, and you'll see that everything about the COVID scam is in the furtherance of those goals. Everything. Now, I think Paul struggled with how to explain things to these new Christians. I think he struggled with not wanting to throw too much at them too soon. And it's a struggle that the Mercy Night Church of today also wrestles with. Too much, and people just disconnect. They can't deal with it. Too little and you get lost in the chaos and confusion and the tedious minutiae. Again, we turn to Paul and he gives him a hint of how he was trying to find the right balance. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. You see, Paul knew that they weren't ready. They weren't ready 2,000 years ago, but are they ready now? As Satan and the Jesus killers are waging a worldwide genocide on Christians, are they ready now, finally? Now, for all the scriptures that we cite on these episodes, you can download a free copy of that first Christian Bible at theveryfirstbible.org.org. And just some quick housekeeping notes for church parishioners from Bishop Theophilus. Now, he's back from his trip, um, and he wants everyone to know that the first Mercy Night Church in the Western Hemisphere has been decided upon, it has been fully funded, and it will be constructed in Central America. Doors will be opened and mass conducted with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's grace by the first quarter of next year. More information on that can be found at the mercynightchurch.org, mercynightchurch.org website. And for those of you in the Presbyter training program, next week we'll focus on Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. I'm sorry, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4. I'm Darren Kalam, and we'll see you next time on First News on FBN.